Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I'm David Mills. Men's Alliance is a growing movement out of Richmond, Virginia, where tribes of men meet in person weekly for an epic outdoor workout and a real world devotion around a fire. We're bringing men out of isolation, out of their comfort zones, and into something real. Hey man, Dave Mills here with the Men's Alliance podcast. And I got a question for you. You want the good news first or the bad news first? We've all probably been, uh, you know, given that question. Which one do you like? You want the good news first or you want the bad news first? I'll tell you what. A lot of people approach the gospel that way. You know, the word gospel means good news, right? Here's the problem. I've seen this so much through my life is Christians are always going around giving the good news first. But here's here's the situation about the gospel. The good news, the gospel, the good news, it doesn't make any sense unless you know the bad news first. Okay? If we tell the world the good news, you have a Savior. Jesus Christ is your Savior. Have you found Jesus? This falls on deaf ears. It's out of context. It's incoherent. Why do I need a savior? I'm doing just fine. I've got a great house, a great car, a full refrigerator. Uh, we're in good health. Do I look like I need a savior? Right? That's the way the world hears this message. That's the way the world responds when people just try to give the good news. Because you have to have the context that makes the news good. It's not even good unless you understand the context, and here's the context. The context is that we all deserve death. Death of our souls, right? Uh, eternal separation from God for eternity in hell. That's some bad news, okay? Paul writes in the book of Romans that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that the payment for that sin is death, eternal death, okay? That's the bad news. So we've got to understand how to present this to people. Okay? Here's a great tactic. Here's a great question. Do you believe that people who commit moral crimes should be punished? This is how you lead. Okay? Do you believe that people who have committed moral crimes should be punished? Yeah, me too. Everyone is going to agree with that. Everyone wants to see... Um, People who commit crimes receive justice. We have this innate desire. Actually, God put it in our hearts for justice, right? We long to see justice be served. We want people to be held accountable for their actions, and we all want people who have committed moral crimes to be punished accordingly. Here's the second question. Have you ever committed a moral crime? Yeah, me too. Ouch. Okay, so we just agreed that everyone who commits a moral crime should be punished, and then we've just agreed that we've both committed moral crimes, right? And if anyone thinks they haven't, you can just ask, have you ever told a lie? Ever? Have you ever told a lie? Yeah, me too. What do you call someone that tells a lie? A liar. Have you ever stolen anything? 
doesn't matter how small, stealing is stealing. If you've ever stolen anything, you are a thief. Now, whether you believe in God and acknowledge him or not, the standard he has set for blasphemy is taking the name of the Lord in vain. So have you ever done that? Have you ever used God's name in a slang curse word? Yeah, that's one of the Ten Commandments given to the Hebrew people. So we're, we're both blasphemers. Now, Jesus, um, during his Sermon on the Mount, as it is called, he changed the Ten Commandments on the fly. He's giving us a, a message. He's preaching to people, and he changes the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, that very fact is evidence for the deity of Jesus, because you can't change the commandments unless you're the author of them. So Jesus changes the Ten Commandments and ups the stakes radically during uh, what's known as the Sermon on the Mount when he says, you know, you've heard not to commit adultery, but I'm telling you that if you've even looked at a woman with lust, you're guilty of it. Ouch. Now we're adulterers. He said, You've heard it said, don't commit murder, but I'm telling you that if you've even hated someone in your heart, you're guilty of murder. So you see, we both believe that people who commit moral crimes should be punished. And then we've just discovered that we are all liars, thieves, blasphemers, and murderers and adulterers in our hearts. So that is what I call the bad news, right? But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the gospel. It's that God, who is the perfectly just judge, has found us all rightly guilty and has condemned us to our deserved punishment, death, eternity separated from God in hell. But then God took off the robe of being the judge. He walked down from his, ju his judge's stand in heaven, took on human form, dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ, and made the payment that we deserved for us. He paid the debt for our sins for us when he took our sins upon himself and died on the cross as payment for our sins. You see, he was the perfectly just judge, but also perfectly loving father at the same time. So he condemned us rightly, then he made the payment for us. That is the good news. And while we sit there convicted in his court, all we have to do is raise our hand and say, I'm claiming that payment on my behalf. You see, I owe this judge a debt that I cannot pay. But fortunately, it's been paid for me. So literally, all I have to do is say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. I claim that payment on my behalf. Thank you for paying what I owed. That's the good news. And that's how it sounds in the context of following after the bad news. Now, guys, ask yourself this. When was the last time you heard that in your church? Using different words, different examples and illustrations and analogies, for sure, I get it. 
But are you hearing this message in your church? Are you hearing about the fall of man, the depravity of man? Are you hearing your pastor use the word sin? Because sin is a word that is super unpopular these days. Some churches don't want to use the word sin because it offends people. People don't want to be told that they're sinners. They want to be told that they're good. Well, the New Testament tells us that no one is good, right? There is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, so the truth of the gospel is that none of us are good. We're all sinners. We all deserve help. Are you hearing this message in your churches? Because if you go to a church, and if you get one thing out of this podcast, make it be this, guys. If you sit in a church every Sunday and hear messages that an, that even an atheist would agree with, you're not in a healthy church. Okay? So many pastors are trying to not offend. So they're not telling anyone they're a sinner. They're not even talking about the word sin. And they're preaching messages Sunday after Sunday about being kind to your neighbor, showing love one to another, forgiving each other. Uh, Yeah, let's be loving. Let's be forgiving. Oh, let's be good stewards of money, right? Financial messages are very popular. Um, Messages about being a good parent, um, about thankfulness, about gratitude. You know, man, these are some very, very safe topics to tread on because unfortunately, so many churches are concerned about the, the offering plate. They're concerned about their money. You see, pastors can't offend their congregations too much or the people will stop putting in the money. And then the pastor doesn't get paid. So he has a financial interest to not offend anyone. So some pastors, they think that the way to do this is to tread lightly on the bad news part and preach feel-good messages that even an atheist would agree with. But here's the thing. It actually is counterproductive because who wants to get up early on a Sunday morning and go sit and hear that kind of completely um, benign message, right? Frank Turek says those kind of churches are nothing more than him singing rotary clubs. The only difference between you and your neighbor is that they get more sleep than you on a Sunday, if that's the kind of church you're going to, right? I would encourage you men to find a church that is feeding you spiritually, that is bringing the gospel, that is not afraid of offending, that is calling sin a sin. It is giving the bad news and then the good news of the gospel. Not just painting a rosy picture for everybody, talking only about the love, but also talking about the justice, right? Sure, God is love, but you know what else? He's just right? And he's a judge. So you can't just focus on the one half without the context of the other. So many churches are doing this. And what we're seeing in our area here is the churches that are trying hard not to offend. 
and are preaching these messages every Sunday about being good stewards and forgiving one another and showing love and the good Samaritan, people are leaving these, okay? Because here's the thing. If you're the kind of person that's going to get up and go to church every Sunday morning, especially during a pandemic, then then you're on fire and you're you're sold out, right? So you don't want to go to a mediocre one, the feel good one. Maybe that maybe that sort of thing was cutting it pre-COVID, but it ain't cutting it now, right? So actually, the money in the offering plate is getting less at the churches that are watering down the gospel. Whereas it is so refreshing to hear a pastor call sin, sin, and preach that Jesus Christ is the only way and all other ways are false. And oh my goodness, that offends the pluralism in America today. I get it. But you know what? We need that message and that message resonates. It's the gospel. You don't have to try to fancy it up or be clever or unique as a pastor. Just preach the gospel. The gospel is a powerful enough message on its own that you don't need to be its PR person. You don't need to adjust it. You don't need to change it. All you've got to do is preach it and the people will come to it, right? So what I'm seeing is that the churches that are doubling down on the gospel and they are not afraid to give the bad news and talk about sin and then put the good news in context, those are the ones growing in their numbers because people need to hear this. They want to hear this. And it's actually adding more money to their offering plates because they are bold. So if you're listening to this and you're searching for a church, find one that is bold, that is unapologetically based on scripture, the teachings of Jesus, that is not watering down anything, that doesn't care if it's offensive, doesn't care if it's offending our sensitive culture. Find a church where you are getting fed spiritually, right? And to those of you listening that may actually be pastors, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor or you're a leader in a small group or you're a leader of a tribe, double down on the gospel. Give the bad news first. Call sin, sin. Then give the good news of the gospel. And don't try to give an inoffensive message to please everyone because what you'll do is you'll please no one. The gospel message is offensive on its own. It says you're a sinner. The payment for your sin is hell and you need a savior. And there's only one way. There's only one savior. You know, a funny thing is that our our society right now, our culture says, why aren't there multiple paths to God? Christians are so arrogant. Um, why can't all roads lead to the same destination? You know, we really ought to be more surprised that there's even a way at all. We should be shocked that there's even one path to God. The fact that God came down here and created a path from us to him through the person of Jesus is amazing. The fact that there is a path, that there is one path to God is incredible. And yet people are sitting back saying, um, thanks, Jesus, but what other paths do you have available? Like, are you kidding? God came down here, took on human form and created a path from us to him. And we're wondering why aren't there multiple paths, right? So let's not be afraid to lean in and double down 
on the offensiveness of the gospel. That's something that we've talked about here before. We have a whole po- a podcast on being more offensive, right? On being barbarians, right? But I wanted to put that in context context today of the health of the church that you're at and how to put the bad news first. I hope you guys have found this helpful, and I hope that you are all plugged into a healthy church where you're getting fed spiritually every week. Have a great weekend. Visit mensalliancetribe.com to find a tribe near you, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. So check us out at mensalliancetribe.com, and I hope to see you around the fire soon.